This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. All right, today my guest is Coach Will Elliott. He is a teen and parent coach. This is interesting. He's only 25 years old and he coaches teens and helps them with their personal growth, motivation, time management, character building, and he kind of serves as a like bridge the gap between the parents and the teens because it wasn't that long ago that he was a teen and he's super passionate about helping us have good relationships with our kids and also coaching our kids to be motivated in life. I'm going to be honest, this guy is wise beyond his years and you know, as a parent, you're like, what does a 25 year old know about parenting? It's not that. It's not that at all. He comes to us with a fresh perspective. Like, hey, I was there like seven years ago. Um, His business is called Next Gen Student Coaching, and he helps kids with goal identification, making clear plans, success principles, habits, accountability. He has an app as well where he does live coaching sessions once a week. All of it is just, it's really cool. I've actually never seen someone in this space like him. Uh, He's full of energy too. So uh, nextgenstudentcoaching.com is his website. And then you can find him on Instagram. He is coaching with Will. All right, friends, listen up. If you are looking to train for a half marathon or marathon and you want to get involved in the running community, that is a space that I'm super involved in and I love it so much. Every single February, I head down to the Donna Marathon for the Donna Marathon weekend, Jacksonville, Florida. It is February 4th this year. You start and finish on the beaches of Jacksonville. You don't actually run on the beach though. Um, I have training plans on my website that can help you get to this race in a healthy way, injury-free. I also have a discount code. It's Lindsay10. When you go to breastcancermarathon.com, use the code Lindsay10. That'll get you 10% off your registrations. I'm going to be there running the half marathon, and we're going to have an after party in Jacksonville, Florida on that Sunday as well. It is going to be so, so fun. And this is a marathon that helps fund research for breast cancer and also help support financially families who are walking through a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, it's breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10 for 10% off your registration for any of those races. And then I also want to let you know they are giving away a trip to Jacksonville. You just go to breastcancermarathon.com backslash win 2024 backslash. So when you enter to win, you will receive, if you win this package, a three-night stay at the Jacksonville Beach Oceanfront Courtyard which is the official Donna Marathon Weekend Host Hotel, two race entries, and exclusive VIP race weekend events. It is going to be super fun. This ends November 31st. We'll link it in the show notes, but make sure you go register. I will also share about this on my Instagram, lindsayhine626. Again, though, it's breastcancermarathon.com backslash win2024 backslash. And if you just go ahead and register for the race because it's awesome, use the code Lindsay10. All right, friends. 
I hope to see you there. It's going to be fun. I cannot wait to hang out with everyone in Jacksonville. Um, please enjoy my conversation with Coach Will. All right, friends. Today on the podcast, we have Will Elliott on the show. Welcome to the show, Coach Will. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. I love your little like pound on your uh, yes, your of name. course. You gotta stay with the brand. So you gotta I, stay with the brand. That's you gotta it. stay with the brand. I also just fist bump everybody that I see because you know it's just it's just positive, and I like being positive. I um I was the race announcer at the end of a marathon last weekend. Oh no way! And I, I found that. myself fist bumping a bunch of people at the end because like the people I knew, I would go in for hugs, but then I'm also like. They just ran 26 miles. They might just want a fist bump. So I was That's doing exactly. lots of fist bumping this weekend as well. That's awesome. That's super cool. Which marathon was it? It wasn't Chicago, was it? That was a no, couple weeks ago. No, um, I was at Chicago doing some stuff at the expo, but I was, um, cool. it was the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon. So cool. That's a good yeah. one. A lot Where of are you based out of? So I am in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. Um, I just moved here a couple months ago and oh. love it, but I'm born and raised in Kansas. So it's awesome here. Um, we just get the mountains and, uh, yeah, it's a little bit different from Kansas. Okay. Wait, tell me this when I, cause I recently moved to North Carolina two years ago. Cool. And so, but I'm from Indiana. So that's, that's part of the reason I was race announcing at the monumental. Cause my other nice. podcast that I host is a podcast for runners. I interview professional runners. Cool. Um, so this is kind of like two jobs that I have, but, um, I went back there because that's my, really my hometown. But now I keep seeing things like, what is the Midwest? And sometimes I see people throwing Kansas in there, but that's not the Midwest, is it? I have, that's all I've known it to be since I was a little kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's literally the mid of the mid. (laughs) It's like the middle of everything. Okay. Because I always just think like Ohio, Indiana, Minnesota, Wisconsin, but maybe maybe I I got it all wrong. People are always like, oh, you're from the Midwest. That makes sense. And so I just am like, yeah, I guess what, okay. what else? I guess the it would great just planes? be, it's not really what West. Are the great planes? Yeah, it'd be the great planes. I think that's, that's what, you know, and okay. they, we have a lot of those. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. There's one girl I coach who lives in Kansas and she's like always just talking about the wind. Like it's always so windy. Yes. It is so windy, but you become <laughs> a really good runner. Are you, are you a coach for running? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cause I, I know that you had the podcast and I, I'm a runner myself. So do you run? I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I ran track in college and cross country you um, did? in North Carolina, actually at Where'd High Point run? University. Okay. And so I went there and, uh, I trained for Ironman now and also marathon. So it's amazing. So yeah, oh, I was like, Oh, cool. this is going to be so easy to talk about, you know, running and all that all stuff. All the things, all yeah. the things. Yeah. Um, I've only done a half Ironman. My husband did a, nice. a full, uh, that's, that's the real deal. Have you done a full yet? Not yet. Next year is my first you will. one. Okay. Which one are yep. you doing? I think I'm doing Arizona, Tempe, okay. um, but we'll see. I haven't officially signed up yet. What made you like, ju- that's, that's big. Like what yeah, made you big. jump into that? Oh, I just, I think endurance sports and endurance running in high school created so much of the mindset that I coach students mm-hmm. right now on. So the, uh, I think the need for an unstoppable mindset the need for positive self-talk, the need to just be comfortable with being uncomfortable, honestly, is just one of the biggest things that I am like, hey, y'all, if you learned this early, you're pretty unstoppable in all phases of life. Mm. And so I think just endurance sports in general uh, not only helps me keep practicing a lot of the stuff that I'm coaching students, but it's also the perfect way to lead 
my kids or not mm-hmm. my kids, my students by example, mm-hmm. um, because they look at me doing really big, crazy stuff like hundred mile races, hopefully down the road and the wow. Ironmans and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, I want to do something outside my comfort zone. So that's kind of the, the thing that's been pushing me lately. Uh-huh. Um, but I also really just love, uh, suffering in the endurance sports. Wow. World. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, quick plug then you should listen to my episode that's coming out and I'll have another on Friday. I don't normally do this, but I'm just like this crossover is too, too real cool. here. Um, because it's with Sally McRae and she just won Moab 240. She did, oh my gosh. um, four, t- it's the, the grand slam of 200. She did four 200 mile plus mile races in a five month period, but crazy. she talks so much about this mindset stuff. So in just yeah. like. The fact that you're like really dabbling and getting into this like ultra stuff, you'll, I think you'll really like it. Okay. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't normally plug my other podcast on this show, but (laughs) there you go. I love it. I'm excited to listen. So Will, you, I love this. You are a coach to teens, but you work with parents too. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting crossover. Um, I started my job, I started posting on social media because I loved impacting students. Uh, I loved speaking encouragement, empowerment in their lives in what I found to be an extremely dark social media feed. And I found a lot of parents following me uh, mm-hmm. right when I started the social media. And so I, I would say I'm kind of like the middleman. For all the parents listening, I'm not a parent coach by any means. I'm 25 years old, so I'm not a parent. (laughs) Uh, I I cannot wait to be a dad, but I'm not a parent as of right now. Um, But I am the relatable one who understands the teenager and the preteen, and I understand what they're going through. It actually wasn't that long ago since I was a teenager myself, six years technically. Um, But then I'm also a little bit wiser than the normal teenager. I can communicate effectively to parents what they're going through, what they're feeling, and also the things that they wish their parents were doing and not doing. So it's kind of like this cool like balance um, where I have uh, hopefully an impact in both of their lives, just kind of impacting the whole family at once. Okay. Where did this come from, though? Because like you mentioned, you are like fairly fresh from being a teenager. Was there someone in your life that did this for you? Yes, I would say not to the extent that I would have hoped for. I think Mm. one thing that has always pushed me is becoming the leader that I once I wish had. So it's actually quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a decent student. I didn't try in school. I hated school. I got, I didn't get good grades. Um, I was all, my whole identity was sports. It was all running. And so I think I wish somebody would have come alongside me and say, Hey man, like this isn't, this isn't all of your life. Like there's something that you need outside of running or sports to your identity. And so, yeah, it's kind of the opposite. It's it's more of, I want to become the leader for these students all over the world that I didn't have myself. So how did you fall into it though? I falling into yeah. it's probably the wrong way to phrase it because you created you, it. <laughs> yeah, created it, yeah. right? Some people do fall into things, but like yes. how did you even know to yeah. create it? Uh yeah, there's I'm gonna try to summarize this. Um I did a an internship in college. Okay. And I went door to door selling kids' books oh. for 80 to 100 hours a week every summer. So I, well, oh I did it for gosh. three summers. And uh, I learned a lot of the stuff that I coach on. Same thing with the, the stuff that I learned in endurance sports. So self-talk, procrastination. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, while I was learning this, I was so ready for these life principles and success principles when I was a high schooler and a middle schooler even, um, especially if it was kind of packaged in the right way. And so that mixed with the idea that right when COVID hit, I graduated college during COVID year and uh, I fell into a pretty dark depression. I was scrolling on TikTok. I think TikTok just became popular 
I was spending like 10 hours a day on my phone. Mm. I was dopamined out. I was depressed. And I've always been someone who's very self-aware. Uh, I've always been kind of like an old soul, I guess you could call me. So I'm like, if I'm falling into this depression and just these negative thoughts in this this cycle, I can't imagine what teenagers are, are going through. And so that's literally where it came from is I started posting social media uh, videos and just encouraging teenagers. And my fourth video went viral. I woke up to you know 600,000 views and thousands of comments from parents saying, hey, this is something that's super needed. And I was like, wait a second, I'm going to quit my corporate job. I'm going <laughs> to start this. And uh, that was the start of the last four years. What was the video? It was about being present. Oh. It was about uh, how I personally struggle with stress and anxiety when I'm thinking too much about the future, creating the what-if questions, um, and a lot about you know regretting the past or being fearful of the future. So it was just about you know, encouraging kids to be more present and bloom where they're, they've been planted in their life. So what was the moment, because you were, you had fallen into a depression, like what was the moment where yeah. you like, I'm going to turn this around and start helping other people? The next morning when I woke up. After the viral video, but you <laughs> were already yeah. doing it though, because you already posted that video. Yeah. So well, again, I posted probably for three days. Three um, days three days and then my third video went viral and so when I woke up it was I mean I, I have a relationship with God and so that was one of the things for me it was just like all right God like I'm gonna go ahead and uh, follow what I feel like I am being called to right now and that's essentially what I did so I quit my job like a week later and um, just started posting super consistently okay so I yeah. I love what you do and, I, and on your website, I know it says, like, this isn't the same thing as therapy. This is coaching. Yeah. And at the same time, my oldest son, he is in therapy. But I'm like, man, it would be so good for him to have, like, a role model coach like this as well. And actually, last summer, we hired a um, a boy babysitter. He's cool. 18. Yeah, and that's I, awesome. I have four boys, so... Yes, I was I saw just that. like, oh, this is so perfect. Like, perfect. this will be so fun. He can, like, play sports with them. Not that a girl babysitter can't, but it's just a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, um, so tell us, like, what you do with these kids. Are you meeting people mostly online when you're talking with them about coaching? Yeah. So for the past four years, I did all one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and really just quickly to point on the, yeah. the kind of therapy point, um, I think that's always really important. I'm not a mental health professional by any means, but I think that's why I'm able to connect with kids on a really deep level. Because I think my philosophy in coaching, it doesn't even have to be me. It doesn't have to be an online coach. It can be a teacher or a mentor or a babysitter. I think when, when adults or young adults start to approach students in this idea that, hey, you have potential that you need to reach and I want to help you reach that rather than, hey, you have these problems that I want to help you try to fix. Not that therapy is necessarily doing that, but I think it's just a different approach to teenagers and kids that they, I think it's kind of like, oh man, you're, you're kind of empowering me because mm -hmm. you want to work with me, right? So um, that's kind of the, uh, the posture that I would take that I also encourage a lot of parents to take as well. But, uh, but yeah, so I meet with students one-on-one. -on -one. I meet with students in my own personal coaching app. And so that's where I do live streams and I have incredibly high energy. I have incredibly enthusiastic um, content and I just have, you know, hundreds of students all around the world wow. that are members in, in my app. And uh, they hop on for weekly coaching. There's accountability sessions where we all do homework together. It's super oh, cool. cool. Um, there's online videos and everything like that. So uh, it's a lot of fun. 
Hey, hey, everybody. Are you looking for the best sleep of your life? You have got to check out Lagoon Pillows. You can dive into deep, restorative sleep with a two-minute quiz that unearths your perfect pillow so you slide effortlessly into deep, undisturbed sleep. When you go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay, you're going to want to take that two-minute sleep quiz. I'm the otter. My husband's the fox. And I am telling you, this is the best pillow ever. I am super sad if I'm not home and I don't get to sleep on my Lagoon pillow. I'm actually really excited because this weekend I am traveling for work again, but I'm traveling by car. And so I am bringing my pillow with. Um, again, go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Take the two-minute sleep quiz. Get paired up with the best pillow ever. And uh, use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, for 15% off your first purchase. All right, friends. Back to the show. What's your percentage, like male versus female? So in one-on-one coaching, it was actually 60% male, 40% female. Okay. That's um, higher female than I thought. Yeah. I just, I'm just picturing all these boy moms coming to you because they're like, oh, yeah. a role model. That yeah. happens That happens a lot. Um, now, I will say that in my app, it's probably – yeah, it's probably still – 50-50. I mean, I think there's there's more girls uh, in the app than one-on-one just because everything is fully anonymous. Everything's fully private. Um, it's just a live session, uh, just like you would see on Instagram or Utah, YouTube. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of families will, you know, kind of feel more comfortable with that. But yeah, so it's kind of 50-50. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, what is the app called and how did you even like, – creating apps, is that's so hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's called Unstoppable You. Uh, my favorite word is unstoppable because I yes. really like my my life mission is helping kids become unstoppable from the inside out. And so uh, it's going to be a university. So hence the you. And also it's like you can be unstoppable, too. So oh, it's so good. Yeah. OK, so I didn't know this, but the YouTube video that I watched of you this morning, you just posted yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which that's another question I have for you. Yeah. Because you mentioned this all started after you kind of fell into that like after COVID, scrolling through TikTok, all that. Um, man, I hate YouTube so much for my kids. However, there are plus sides. Like you posting yeah. that video, like if someone like you has a channel and that's what my kid's watching, great. Yes. It's the, like you were saying with TikTok, it's just the like constant, that's why I don't like YouTube shorts, by the way. Yeah. But I'm curious like how you feel about that space and like, because it's kind of an important place for you to be. It absolutely is. Um, now, that's a great question, by the way. Um, I think I actually don't get that question a lot. It's like, hey, you're, you're, like, I don't really believe in social media, but then again, as in, like, I don't think social media is great for, for a lot of people and yeah. especially kids, just because yeah. I see firsthand the impact that it has on their confidence, which is the one thing that I think I specialize in the most. Um, and so it's kind of like an interesting balance because my you job would not be able to reach the amount of people that it does without social media. And also you got to meet kids where they're at. That's like one of the main things that I talk about and they're on, um, all the social media. Now I won't do Snapchat because I hate Snapchat, but, okay. uh, yeah, Snapchat's my least favorite, but yeah, with YouTube, um, that's, uh, one of those things I would say my goal is to kind of change kids' perception and their definition of who they should look up to in life. I think that's kind of why a lot of people uh, don't like social media is because the main people that kids are looking up to just, in my opinion, just aren't the ideal, you know, um, yeah, mentors or, you know, living the life that I think um, kids 
could and should live, look up to. So yeah, I think that's that. And I have to be there in order to change that perception and change the world, in my opinion. Right. It's not going anywhere. That's right. Uh, that's interesting about Snapchat because so Snapchat, I'm 40. I just turned 40. Snapchat came around like when I was fully an adult. And yep. so I kind of missed that. Like I, I opened the app a few times early on. But I, it surprises me, actually, that kids are still on it. Now, Snapchat yeah. came around right – or you were probably in fifth grade or something. So you've, yeah, you've right like, there. grown Seventh up with grade, that. So tell me your – like, why you hate it so much and, like, what your thoughts are on that with kids. Yeah, so I don't talk too much about – the reasons why, like I can only go from personal experience. Yeah. I don't really talk about um, Snapchat with kids specifically. Um, it's more the other, you know, Instagram and, and TikTok in more uh -huh. short form. Now, okay. the reason why I didn't like it as yeah. a student and the reason why it changed, uh, you know, my confidence levels and in my eyes, my self-worth at the time was just how uh, – surface level it was right yeah. like I felt like I was a part of a group um I felt like I had friends but it was just so surface level personally uh -huh. and it was I mean all these apps are designed to keep you on it right they're like that's what the whole purpose of them is to do and so it was that mixed with I, I talk a lot about conditional confidence with kids and I have seen this a lot where we attach our confidence to things that we can't control. We attach our confidence to conditions. Now, for me, when I was in high school, I attached it to my running results. So if I ran well, I was extremely on top of the world. I felt, you know, so confident. But then the next day I had a bad race and I was like, okay, well, I'm not worthy. I just want to quit, blah, blah, blah. Whereas kids nowadays – they are attaching their confidence to whether or not people Snapchat them back. And that is the most uncontrollable thing you could possibly put your confidence in. And so if you're not in control of your confidence or if you're placing your confidence in things you can't control, you're not in control of your confidence. And that's the big shift that I want to help uh, students be able to not only be aware of, but also make. Wow. So what, how do you talk to them about Instagram and TikTok then? Um, a lot. So I talked to them about Instagram and TikTok after a couple months of coaching them. Okay. Um, because if I become the person who is like, okay, hop on a coaching call. Now delete Instagram and TikTok from your phone. They're going to be like, mom, I am never showing up Bye. to a call again. So um, a lot of the, the, the philosophy that I have in my curriculum myself is I really build trust for two or three months, like really solid trust. Uh, and then from there, a lot of students are just like, hey, Will, like whatever you do, like that's what I'm going to kind of do or whatever helped you, then that's what I'm going to do. And then I just share my personal experience. Like, hey, this is what Instagram does to me. Like I have to be on it for my job, but I try to consume about 1% of my time and create the, the other 99. So it's like, this is what helps me. This is what has helped hundreds of other kids that I've coached. Like I just invite you and kind of challenge you to do it yourself. And kids like a challenge, especially if there's a, a gift card attached to it. Too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. All so, the challenges. This is yeah. like... How I'm planning to get my oldest to read more is like, it's got to be there a challenge. Go. There's got to be a competition involved. Yes, that was me as a kid, for <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so I want to go back to the YouTube video, though, that I watched because I thought it was a perfect kind of outline for this conversation. Uh, I've been, as my kids get older, you know, it's interesting this podcast kind of grows with me as my mm -hmm. kids grow. Like, I'm not interested in talking to, yeah. um, you know, about like, babies and sleeping and all that stuff anymore. Like yeah, I'm like, yeah. we're approaching, we're preteen. My oldest is 11. Um, and it's by far the most difficult part of my parenting right now. Okay. My youngest is five. So we're five, seven, nine, 
11, something like that. Um, <laughs> nice. It's like something like that. Something I have eight like siblings, that. and I'm like, I have no idea how old they are. So, you know, something. I'm like somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you have eight siblings? Yeah, step siblings so, included. So Sometimes I age one up by a couple months just to make it synced and go. easier. <laughs> um, but this YouTube video that I'm talking about is is talking to parents about how to communicate with their teens in an effective way. So can yep. we walk through some of that a little bit yeah. when you talk to parents? Uh, because I do feel like I'm nagging a lot. I'm, you know, and, and when I watched this video, I was like, oh, yeah, that would be a better way to phrase that. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, yeah, you ahead. tell us some tips for better communication. Yeah, man, I've got a lot of them. Um, and again, this is from the teenager's perspective as well as my experience being a teenager. Um, and so, of course, I'm not coming at this from like, I've been a parent. This is right. what works. And so, you know, take a lot of this with a grain of salt. But I do think a lot of parents find a lot of value in kind of what their, their kids want. So I would say the number one tip that I have is just I use the word posture a lot because I do think that communicating with your teen there's multiple postures that you can take. Um, and so the posture of seeking to understand your kid, I think is one of the most important things that I've seen in parenting and uh, in, in, in the students that I've coached when they, let's say when a parent kind of comes to their kid and they have the posture of, I'm going to do everything that I can to understand your side of things. I'm going to do everything that I can to understand your heart and your mind and what you're going through yourself before being understood, right? Going into a conversation without, let's say an agenda or like, mm -hmm. okay, I just want to get my point across. Mm -hmm. Everything changes. And when I say everything changes, I really mean Pretty much everything changes, mainly because when you do that, not only are they going to be far more open to your nagging or let's say your advice or your yeah. lecturing down the road, your wisdom, your golden nuggets, but um, they're also just going to feel like they can come to you with all of these different things because they're like mom and dad are trying to understand what I'm going through. And I think that's just one thing that parents miss out a lot um, on, and my parents did as well. My parents did sometimes really awesome, sometimes not so awesome. And uh, I think I just felt misunderstood. I felt miss, or I guess unseen. And uh, I think when kids feel unseen, then they close off and they definitely roll their eyes and they don't want anything to do with parents and, and that type of stuff. So I'd what say that's your, the number one thing. Yeah, I love that. What do your parents think about what you do? So <laughs> they, I mean, they love it. They, they absolutely Aww. love the fact that I am impacting people um, and doing my best. I'm very impact oriented. I've always been since I was kind of in, in high school when I was a team captain. Um, I've always been the person to just want to put other people first. And so they love the fact that, you know, uh, that I'm doing that. But I think sometimes my dad, I think uh, <laughs> he's like, Will, you're 25. Why are you giving parenting <laughs> advice? I'm like, dad, I I'm not giving parenting advice. I am sometimes giving human to human advice because I like that, but um, I'm just trying to help parents understand their kid better. So I think it's so unique. We don't yes. have that often. This like like you said, middle person. Yep. Like yeah, the I connector. think I'm really the only. I don't want to say the only one, but I think only one doing at the scale that I'm doing at at like a. Um, well, all around the world, internationally, and also you know group coaching and all those different things, social media. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, give us some other um, tips. Oh, some other tips. Um, stop talking about school so much. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, this was one thing that I think my parents did really well. 
So yeah. despite me not having good grades and just, you know, my definition of not good grades for me uh, was like C's and D's. I had C's and D's, some B's maybe. Um, and I think my parents, what they did really well was they had very specific times when school was the center point of a conversation. And they communicated that to me uh, very clearly. And they, you know, it was kind of like weekly meetings where, all right, well, you are not doing so hot. Like, let's talk about it, seeking to understand, hopefully. Um, let's talk about it. So it was kind of like time aside uh, to talk about school and homework and grades and teachers and me getting in trouble and whatever it may have been. Um, but they also had time aside where they didn't even mention school. Mm -hmm. And I think what parents, at least the, um, the feedback that I've gotten, not only from the kids, but parents will also admit to this. It's like, I talk about school 90% of the conversations because it does feel like that's where you get a lot of the nagging. That's where you get a lot of the lecturing. It's like, Hey, you just got to, you know, put stuff together and you got to be organized and you got to stop procrastinating. And it does feel like nagging on both sides. Right? So I think, um, when you can, take a step back. What I've noticed in teenagers, the more you push, the more they pull away. So if you can take a step back, a lot of feedback that I've gotten from parents that I've coached uh, in Unstoppable You is that their kids' grades drastically improve when they take a step back in just talking about school. So uh, like I said, my parents, every Monday morning, we'd have a, uh, or my dad and I would have a Starbucks run. So we would go and get Aww. white chocolate mochas, a thousand calories to start the, uh, <laughs> to start the week. And uh, it was just a time where literally nothing, like doesn't matter how bad my grades were, if I was failing something or if I was getting in trouble a ton, my dad would try his best to understand, um, I guess, my interests. He would become genuinely interest in what I was interested in. So he'd ask about track, he'd ask about girls, he'd ask about friends, all these different things. And that made me feel so loved. Um, and when he started doing that, my grades started improving because I felt less fear towards failing in the eyes of them. If that makes sense. And um, that's a pretty well, deep thing there too. <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. My first question though, is like, how did your dad do that with eight kids? Like well, at the time we just had three. Okay. So my parents split when I was, um, in eighth grade. And so this was okay. kind of like fifth, sixth and seventh. I remember we did this. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's that. A, that's, that is different. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. I'm like thinking, okay, if I did that every Monday with one of my kids and then I'm like, what do I just yep. do a different day of the week with each kid? Cause you know, they, they, uh, gets kind of crowded. Yeah. Eight kids. Definitely. Uh, probably I'd do a little bit different coaching there. Um, but I do think that one-on-one -on -one time to understand your kids, uh, For sure. and, and you know, become interested in, in them is really important. What's up, everybody? A little break here to let you know if you are training for a half marathon or a marathon, I've got your back with some awesome training plans. They have worked for so many people trying to run their first marathon, break four hours, qualify for the Boston Marathon, run their first half marathon. I also have beginner 5K plans on my website as well. The 5K plans are just 10 bucks. Half marathon, 35 bucks, and marathon, 45. And these are super detailed. They give you pre and post run stretching and strength routines, as well as a detailed pace chart. So you can look at the paces you might want to consider running or try to run to meet certain goals. Super comprehensive and just leave the training to someone else. You just, you just do the work and follow the plan. And uh, what I do say though is make sure you listen to your body and you're not overdoing it. Go to lindsayhine.com and click on the training plans tab to purchase a training plan. All right, friends, please enjoy the rest of the episode. 
Let's talk about character a little bit. I yeah. know you have one of your bullet points in that video was about praising character. Yes. So this is probably the one thing that I'm most passionate about in helping kids develop is character. Um, I have a, I think the first book that I'm going to write, I'm not going to be saying anything, but I think the, the very first book that I'm going to write is all about character um, and how we can help kids transform what they view success as. And so I kind of mentioned this before with the influencers and whatnot, but I think it's so common for humans, not just kids, to look at success as I want this and this and this. So not just materialistic stuff, but a lot of things that we want to have are the things that are in our vision. Where when I started personally making a switch between that's not success, but instead it's who I'm becoming is success, everything kind of flowed from there, right? Like I started focusing on becoming a type of person that was hardworking, consistent, and gritty, and all of these different things. And then guess what? The results kind of took care of themselves. I actually saw my sophomore year of college when I think this was the total transformational moment of my life. I started shifting my version of success from within. Um, and I do think that we can help, you know, teenagers do this as well. And my grades went from like a 2.2 to a 4.2. Oh, with ease, right? Yeah. Just so because I was I was inevitably uh, trying to work on my work ethic. I'm trying to work on my consistency, and then you know the results took care of themselves. So um, with the parents, I think first off, leading by example in what your version of success, getting very clear with what your kids' version of success is, and having conversations about that with them, but also praising the character more so than you praise mm -hmm. results is something that I highly recommend and also coach a lot of students on or parents on. Yeah. I, I've been curious about like, how do we raise hardworking kids? Um, yeah. I, I find that like for my kids, like they are willing to work hardest when they're playing sports. Like that's yep. what they kind of, how you mentioned with your running, that is what they care about when it comes to school and reading, cleaning up around the house, <laughs> you know, like yep. none of that hard work they want to do really. So yeah. I, and they're younger. I know you focus more on teen kids, but like this is like where I need to start. So I'm curious if you have ideas for how to talk to our teens about hard work. Well, I would first off say praise the heck out of their hard work in sports. Mm. Um, I think this is a great time for me to kind of encourage a lot of parents out there. Um, growth isn't linear. And just because your kids aren't hardworking in school does not mean they aren't hardworking mm. in their life, right? Like I wasn't hardworking in school, but I would say I'm one of the hardest working people that I know personally. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. I think the more that you can praise the hard work in anything. So if it's video games that's like a stretch but if it's video games it's like hey like i see that you are working really hard to level up or i see that you're working really hard in this area so it helps them acknowledge that yeah like i actually kind of am hard working because society will tell them that they're not if they're not getting getting good grades so i think that um that's the first thing that i would say is in the smallest moments or what may seem like the smallest moments for parents Praise the heck out of their effort. Praise the, the heck out of their character um, more than you praise, obviously, let's say what that hard work leads to, which is a lot of points or let's say a lot of goals in soccer, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Um, so that's kind of the first thing I would say. Uh, but also, yeah, growth isn't linear. And so uh, when your students find something that they're passionate about, they are going to work hard. Um, I think a lot of parents get really, really nervous of if, you know, if they're not working hard in school, then 
their future is like they're just not going to work hard. They're just not hardworking when in reality that's not the case. Isn't that so interesting? Some kids want to work really hard in school. Some don't. Like yep. I went to school to hang out with my friends. Like that's that's yep. like the only thing I cared about in school was seeing my friends and then obviously like the running and stuff like that. Um, and it's like you can't force it. Like you can't force your kids to work hard in school. Yeah, you, you can't force it. Um, now, I will say that a lot of my friends, and, and this is just kind of a different perspective, a lot of my friends externally looked like they were very, very hardworking in school, but internally uh-huh. it was driven by a lot of fear. Oh, sure. So there are so many different things, and I think that might actually be one of the ones that I talked about in the YouTube. It's like um, what's happening in the external world uh, is just a manifestation of what's happening in their internal world. And so for me, I, I wasn't non-hardworking. I wasn't lazy. I just had a huge fear of failure. And so it was easier for me to escape the fear than to, well, put in a lot of work and, and you know, fear failure. So that's kind of a, another side of looking at it. It's like sometimes those students, like I would prefer not having crazy fear and not looking like I'm working my absolute butt off versus working my absolute butt off, but it driven by 99% of fear. Yeah. What do you, when you work with the teens, like what, what are some things that you hear they wish their parents would do differently? Stop lecturing as much uh-huh. for, for sure. Um, so turning everything into a life lesson, I think is uh-huh. uh, is always a pretty common one. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because it's kind of true. I mean, it's so yeah. true. I, and, and this is something that I try to even do in my coaching. It's like, take a step back. I'm literally there to coach. But I think even sometimes me, um, I recognize that it's my own ego that wants to coach them because I want to feel helpful. I want to feel helpful. So that wasn't, you know, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I really tried to be intentional about letting go of my ego and just fully understand or seeking to understand what they needed. Um, Because I think a lot of students are like, I tell a joke and it's like 40 minutes later, I'm still listening to my mom or dad tell me a life lesson. So I think that's the first thing um, is just not lecturing. I would say that's the first. And then, you know, not talking about school. That's, that's another big one. Um, getting interested in their interests. I mean, I think a lot of the big ones are in that video. They are be clear, get clear about what success means to you. That's another big one. Yeah. That's interesting too, because I just think about our lives. Like my job is so different than my husband's job, you know? And like, to them looking up to their parents, like chasing our dreams or whatever it is, like yeah. what do they view one as more successful than the other? And and how do we lead by example in that way? Because it's easy to get in the hamster wheel of like, okay, get everybody to school, get yeah. my interviews done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I think just having a conversation with them about yeah. it and just asking open-ended questions. I mean, even at 11, 10, nine years old, um, they don't have to have like it obviously figured out. I don't think adults have it figured out, but uh, I think just sparking conversation and sparking conversation early is one of the best things that you can do. Just like, what do you think success means? Because if they, and this is the big point that I like to make, um, and I know I've said society quite a bit, but if they aren't actively thinking about their definition of success, they will fall into society's what definition said, yeah. of success and mm-hmm. adults do as well. So you have to be intentional about what is that? Is it perfect grades? Is it A's and B's? Is it getting all the awesome results or accolades in sports? Or is it working hard, like developing character in sports? Like, what is it? And it could be the grades. That's just a conversation that you got to have. But if you aren't aligned on what that version of success, then there's going to be a lot of resistance and tension. 
Yeah, that that's a great question to just ask your kids. Like, what do you th- what is yeah. success to you right now? I can guarantee you all of my kids would say to become a professional football player or soccer player. Yeah. <laughs> but that but the intention is to get them to understand the character part of that and the hardworking part of that. Like you have to have all those things to get to there. Exactly. Yes. That's going to be my next YouTube video, by the way. So that's a little plug. Um, there's a, oh, a really cool. Tell us. Yeah. So the, I, I kind of mentioned it before. Um, and this is kind of along the same lines of the book that I, I think I'll be writing, but it's called having and adopting a be, do, have mindset. Okay. So a lot of people fall into the trap of once I have enough mm-hmm. blank, then I can do and be the person that I always wanted to be. When I was in a corporate job, I worked a hundred hours a week to find or to get a promotion. And so I was under this influence that as long as I have the promotion, then I can be happy. And how many of us are living like that every single day of our lives subconsciously? And so what I coach on and what I think uh, a lot of parents can lead by example with is switching the order of which we desire things and strive after things. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have stuff, but it's the be, do, have, meaning I'm going to become the type of person to do what I want and also inevitably have what I want down the road. So in the in the sense of have success at football, it's like you've got to ask yourself, what must I do in order to have the success? And most importantly, who must I become in order to do those things? Because everything flows from your character. What, like, what books are you reading? Like, who has helped you with your self-development? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I read the same exact books every single year. Okay. So I have a different philosophy towards reading. Um, I hated reading, by the way. So I promise you, for the parents listening, there is hope for your kids <laughs> to want to pick up reading. Audiobooks changed my life. And so I would say the the main book that I read is Michael Singer's uh, Untethered Soul. Um, so I read a lot of books that are very, I don't want to call them spiritual at all because they're not. Uh, well, they are spiritual, but I would say they're more just about awareness and being present. Um, Mm -hmm. I think practically everything in life, and this is just my belief, and everything in life can be kind of solved by just being present. Now, that's a very complicated topic, um, so much so that there are, you know, very, very little people are fully present, of course. Um, But yeah, I would say The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say more of like a, uh, I would say a kids type book soundtracks by john acuff everything about anything from john acuff i love but um that really takes a really big principle of self-talk and kind of delivers it in uh kid language and that's what my goal is to do for a lot of these i would say more complicated books like untethered soul and the power of now to kind of deliver it to kids in a different language i definitely get some john acuff vibes out of you yeah i've heard that a lot have you met have you met him (laughs) no not yet but um We'll see one one day. I think I think we'll probably collaborate together. I think my writing style is very similar to John's yeah. as well, yeah. um, and our energy is similar too. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um. So, what are your goals? Like, what you have this app? You're coaching hundreds of people all over the world. Like, what do you, what's something professionally or personally next that you want to do? 
So my dream is to have huge retreats all around the world. I was wondering about retreats, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I think this is probably five years down the road. Um, yeah. I would say I have a pretty clear vision of where I want to go, at least as of right now. Um, but the big vision, I would say, in the next couple of years is to kind of create Unstoppable You into a university of life skills principles. So everything mm -hmm. that kids are not learning in school will be an Unstoppable You. Now, I'm obviously just the one that's coaching confidence and motivation and time management. Those are the three big things that I coach on. Um, now, potentially down the road, there's going to be someone coaching on fitness or there's going to be someone coaching on nutrition. Um, and there's just going to be different sectors of this unstoppable university that I think kids can become unstoppable in. Um, and so that's kind of the, the shorter term retreats, lots of books uh, coming up soon. And um, yeah, just really impacting as many people as I possibly can, kids and parents. So will the books be for like, what's the age range for the books? Like I'll do both. Reader? Very yeah. similar to the content that, I, that I'll create. I think okay. my YouTube will be more student content, um, which I think will naturally kind of impact a lot of high school and college students specifically over the next five years or so. Um, and then Instagram and TikTok will be primarily parents as well. And it'll be cool when I have kids. It'll be a, uh -huh. a seamless transition as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it'll be a little bit of both. I think my first one will be kind of a mix between parents and students. So people who just want to grow. Um, I'm sure parenting books will come out when I'm a parent and lots of student books will come out when, yeah, before then. Yeah. Um, time, we didn't cover time management though. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. So time management. Um, so I'm actually starting a cohort this upcoming weekend on time management. And the way that I like to describe time management to kids, it gets a really bad stereotype. I think most people and most students they think of time management and they're like, oh, I've got to have a perfect schedule. I've got to be, you know, just like I've got to schedule out when I'm going to, you know, eat breakfast and all these different things. When in reality, I think students, when they realize the better they are at managing time, the more free time they have. That's mm -hmm. kind of how you have to package it mm -hmm. for kids. You know, yeah. the more free time you have. Um, I kind of split up time management into three different other managements. Right. So for me it personally, it's either self-management. If you can manage yourself, you're really good at managing time, right? So that's like one sector. Distraction management is the number one thing. I've noticed if I put my phone up, then I'm just inevitably good at time management. Oh my goodness gracious, how is crazy is that how that works? And then the third thing is priorities. So when we can manage ourselves, our distra distractions and our priorities, or even just one of those, then kids inevitably have good time management too. Now there's a lot more to that too, but of course, that's just yeah. the summary. Uh, I'm curious from coming from someone from your generation and age when do you suggest based on your experience in the recent you know recently yep. when, when do you suggest parents do phones oh i knew this was going to come uh it's different for everybody i think um i would say phones or social media right yeah great question it's different. i don't plan on doing social media i we're, i'm thinking about getting my son a gap phone when he's like 11 or Highly when he's like 12 it. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I got an iPhone when I was, I mean, it's a little different because different. social media just wasn't the same as it it's is now. For sure. um, but yeah, I definitely coach students who are struggling the most. And the reason why is because they have had social media since they were 11 or 10. Um, oh, of course, there's a lot of other things that go into that. But uh, I also coach a lot of students who have gab phones and mm. I'm not going to lie. They seem like they're more confident than the others. And so, really? yes, yes, absolutely. Do you see any downfalls with a phone like that? Gap phone? Yeah. I don't know enough about it to talk yeah. too much. I mean, again, I don't really talk too much about those different like 15 versus 17. 
I more seek to understand kind of the situation. Like I think a, a kid who is um, mm. naturally motivated, naturally confident, um, I would approach that student a little bit differently than if a student who's obviously like struggling with depression. So I don't really say this is That's it. Right. Um, it's kind of, yeah, not a cookie cutter approach, but I don't know. I think 15 years old for yeah. social media, 16 years old for social yeah. media, um, yeah. maybe 13 or 14 for a gab phone like that. But yeah, you're on track there. I mean, the therapists that I've talked to are like 16 is like the age where the mental development is better. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's certainly better than handing a 13 year old a phone. I mean, we're probably going to do the gab phone when he goes to middle school just so I can like, like, hey, where are you at, bro? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I know a lot of parents are very grateful that their kids have a gap phone like for that. I mean, for especially if they're reason. playing sports, all that stuff. It's just yeah. more of a logistical thing. Yeah, because right now my kids run the neighborhood, but there's like five houses where I'm like, they're at one of these five houses. And if <laughs> yeah. I really need to find them, I can walk down there or like call or text the parent. Yeah. Um, but once they're like venturing elsewhere after school, I'm like, well, we don't have pay phones anymore. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. what we used to do. I, used I don't even know phones. what that is, but yeah. Right. Basically. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I'd take a quarter with me and call from a pay phone after school and be like, I'm done. Come pick me I, up. I mean, personally, I wish we went back to that. I know. To be completely honest. I know. Well, that's one of the things too. Um, like I, I, I've told this story before, but like I dropped my oldest and my niece off at the mall one day. Um, she's 13 and he's 11. And I was like, she has a phone. And I yeah. was like, yeah, just call me if you want me to pick you up early. And mm -hmm. then I was like, and they did. But then later I was like, it would be better if they couldn't have done that and they would have just had to figure out like, what am I going to do for this next 45 minutes? I want to leave, but yeah. like, I can't leave yet because I'm not the driver here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like problem solving that would have came into the equation. Now I would say hopefully it'd all be good problem solving unless they right. like, started walking home or something like right. that. <laughs> but right. yeah, yeah. It's, it is interesting way to look at it for sure. Problem solving and also like learning how to just be like you talk yes. about presence a lot, just yes. be in the present moment. Like, I'm not, I don't have to stare at my phone while I wait for my mom to pick me up kind of thing. Yes. And that is one of the biggest things that I think uh, doesn't get talked about enough. I would say just the, um, the okayness of being bored yeah. is so oh important. One thing that I used to do uh, when I was growing up, my parents had an hour of quiet time every uh, day in the summer specifically. And I would like sort baseball cards. I mean, that was all that I did. And I just created this this mindset of like organization. Now that didn't carry over to, to high school, of course, but <laughs> it was just like, I, I see it now and how um, I function, you know, even as an adult, but I'm just so grateful for the the space that they gave, even though I hated that at the time, some days I was so appreciative of it looking back. Um, but yeah, just being bored and just, and I think parents leading by example in this case, like if you're waiting for something in line at a Starbucks, like don't yeah. pull out your phone. Uh -huh. Like just don't do it. Like be okay with just being. Because if your kids are looking at you pulling out a phone in a Starbucks line, why would you expect them to do anything right. different when they are at home even? Because they're so bored true. at home sometimes, so most of the time. <laughs> That's so true. I know. Sometimes yeah. I'll leave my phone in the car just so I – because it's yeah. a natural reaction to pull it out of oh, your it's pocket. So, just like, yeah. You just I could do like everything. I could do everything on Instagram with my eyes closed. Like I pull uh -huh. out my phone, go to Instagram, yeah. probably yeah. post something, uh -huh. you know, with my eyes closed. <laughs> That's such a yeah. habit. It's always interesting this like – um, world you're in though with like yeah. working with kids on this, but it's such an important part of your business. 
Yeah. Now I will say it's a little different because nobody, like not many students follow me on social media in you terms of Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. So um, I hope to change that eventually. Like I, I would love to have student focused accounts. But would it would it, be, yeah, I was to say a separate account. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be a separate account. Um, now I do think like my YouTube will be mostly student focused, uh, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, it, that's my main passion, of course, is to coach students. Um, and of course, my app, like that's yeah. where I post all and every single day. I post encouragement and empowerment for students. They get notifications on their phone. There's courses in there. Um, there's videos. I post pictures of my dog, which they all think is Aww. so awesome. And yeah, he, everyone makes fun of him for being fat and chunky. But, um, you know, he's got his own brand now. So kids love it. Love it. Okay. Oh, that was my question. Okay. Yep. Two, two parts. How, what are the ages? Like what's the youngest age kids can join your programs? We'll start okay. with that. So I would say, and I have eight year olds that have gotten a lot out of my content, but I will say they're definitely mature eight year olds. So, okay. um, mature eight year olds who let's say, I would say the cutoff that I always ask parents are like, do they, do they know, um, like, can they watch their thoughts? Like, do they have awareness of their emotions and feelings right. and their thoughts? And if they can, then yes, they're totally ready for my coaching. Cause that's a pretty, I don't know, even some 10 year olds can't do that. Some 11 year olds can't. Yeah. And so it's anywhere from eight years old to 18. Um, okay. and, uh, yeah, I think a lot of my energy kind of lots of, lots of ages of kids like it. Um, and then the other question is the app you say to their phone and we just yep. talked about like my kids don't have phones. So like, where do they, where would they get the app? Like how would they get access to it they, on my phone? Yeah. So they could either do that or it's on a desktop version as well. You can if they have desktop. an iPad. Yeah. So it's an iPad app. It's a Android app, a phone app, and also a desktop version. Um, yeah. So they could also use it. Okay. Too. I just, we got to get a, just like a family computer. Cause we don't, my kids don't have iPads either. They just have their school computers. You're crushing it. I love all of that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough. It can but. be a challenge. I know. I was just thinking we don't travel a ton with them, but like in the cars, like they don't even sit on iPads or anything, but I, I did That's awesome. was thinking about like booking a longer flight. And I was like, Ooh, this is when like, I would love for them to just all have their own little device yeah. for the flight and whatnot but yeah um but i'm like we should just get a personal like a family desktop that stays in the same place out in the open and they can yeah they that's can what i that's what i had there. growing up and uh, yeah. i have a lot of memories there like all of my siblings would would crowd around the game that yeah. my dad was playing or i was playing and uh it actually led to a lot of good memories personally yeah no yeah i think that that's what we'll do okay because i'm like should i get your app now should i do that <laughs> you could definitely try it out for a month um i think it would be I, I think every single student would benefit it from it. I, I think when students hop on a, a call, they're like a little bit closed minded because they think more of the therapy or counseling route. Right. But literally, tw I mean, I'm talking literally 20 seconds into the call, they'll be like, oh my gosh, this is sick. <laughs> I'm uh -huh. so excited that I'm here. Um, and I think, yeah, good things will happen from there. Okay. Then here, here's one of my last questions. Said, How do we convince our kids that don't want to do it? Like, you, we think this will yeah. be good for you. Yeah. Like, what's so, the way? This is something that I've had a lot of experience talking about, but I also haven't cracked the code. Um, I would say convince is definitely not the right word. It's more yeah. of planting a seed. Um, okay. The more you try to convince, the less they're going to want to do it. And so I've actually found to be the most helpful, and this is, you know, I had about 40 new families in the app this past week, and a lot of them, they didn't even tell their kids, right? So they were just like, hey, this is a call that um, I'd love for you to hop on and let me know what you think about it at the end of the, at the, end of the session. Um, and 95 
plus percent of those those families were like they loved it. So Aww. I think sometimes when you can just get a kid on a call, then I kind of okay. trust that things good things will happen. Um, and worst case scenario, if they don't, you know, I still think the parents um, get a lot out of it. And also, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to continue being in the app because it's a month to month thing. So these are group calls then. So because you do one on ones, yeah. but this is like, yeah. is it once a week or once a month on the app you're doing the group call? Yes. So I'm doing, so it's less of a group call, more of a live session. When I say okay. group call, kids get really yep. intimidated. They're like, oh my gosh, I got to, you know, open up my whole life. You're and, like you teaching. Know. Yes. It's very much, I pull up a whiteboard and I have Dash in the background oh, doing okay. crazy stuff. And I am coaching on specific principles, giving tons of real life examples for kids. So it's speaking their language. I'm also just crazy. So I have like <laughs> crazy energy. I, I tell jokes that are maybe funny and maybe not funny. But um, yeah, we got emojis flying on the screen. It's a lot of fun. Okay, last question with that. I like questions keep coming in my head as yeah. I'm thinking, okay, should we join the app? Like, are you in, in a sequence? Like if someone joins in at like right now, are you mm -hmm. on like week six of like a series? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm still kind of figuring out where to go with that. Um, now, all of the recordings are in the app themselves. And so I just finished an, a self-talk and confidence seven-week cohort um, that you could go and watch if you joined the app right now. You could literally okay. you know, do two sessions a week if you want to. But as of right now, um, the like time management is going to be starting in sun on Sunday. So okay. um, the, the app is open for the time management stuff. And we'll talk about procrastination systems, routines, self-talk when it comes to time management, uh, distractions, all of, all of that stuff. And so I try to do all of the sessions just like you could join at any time and get a ton of value out of them. Okay. But I think naturally some things do tend to um, kind of like build on each other. Okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. And are, and are they weekly? Yes. Weekly. Okay. Weekly 45-minute sessions. So there are okay, four different options because families are busy. Um, and then bi-weekly parent workshops where I kind okay. of talk about how to supplement what your kids are learning. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so we already covered books. I already asked you professionally or personally. I guess the last question then is what's your last message to leave with our audience? Audience of parents. Um, I would say growth isn't linear. Um, take a deep breath and know that everything is going to be okay. Um, do your best to seek to understand and let me know if there's anything that I can help. I have an, uh, a podcast that uh, delivers really short, like 10 minute, you know, uh, episodes that kids can get listened to. And that's a great way to also kind of like bridge the gap um, because yeah. they usually leave that podcast of like, oh, wow, that kid is that guy, I should say, is uh, is kind of crazy. He's got a lot of energy. He's funny. Um, so I would say, yeah, let me know if there's anything that I can do. Um, I definitely know that there's a roller coaster uh, to parent teens. Your job isn't to get them off the roller coaster. It's just to be there while they're on it. And so, yeah, that's the the message that I have. The podcast is geared towards the student, not the parent. Yep. yep. So that's another student-oriented content that I produce every single week. So every Monday. That's great. Yes. So that and the YouTube will be perfect for them, for you, if you want to, to, to kind of bridge the gap. That's really great because I have had a hard time finding like good podcasts for kids. So. They're going to love it. They're going to yeah, love I'm, it. Yeah. I'm, what's it called? The Unstoppable You podcast. The Unstoppable You. That's your yep, whole thing. with a you. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, Coach yeah. Will. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Coach Will, for coming on the show again. Check him out on Instagram, Coaching with Will. If you have kids between the ages of like 8 and 18, I think 
what a cool service that he offers. I just think that I'm getting signed up. I want my oldest particularly to check out his app. I'm excited about it. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. I'd love to connect with you over there. Learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. The link to everything we talked about, the links to everything we talked about will be in the show notes over there. And you can even sign up for our newsletter on the um, website. Just when you click on why is everyone yelling, it will pop up like a little box and you can get yourself signed up. All right, friends, thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?